Join me as we visit the chameleon of a city that is Shanghai in China. Hello, I'm Gary Bembridge, and this is Tips for Travelers, the global travel destination podcast. My travel reviews and recommendations, based on the first-hand experiences I gain from the up to two to three times a month I travel all over the world. To find out more, you can visit the website at tipsfortravelers.com or mytravelreviews.com, where you'll find links, show notes, how to subscribe. Individual episodes and many photo and video galleries. It's now time for this episode of Tips for Travelers. Visiting Shanghai in China is a bit like visiting a chameleon. It's constantly changing, constantly different. I've been to Shanghai. Three times now over the last ten years, and every time I've visited, it's been like almost visiting a different city. It's almost hard to recognise. The first time I ever went was about,、um, as I said, about ten years ago, and then the thing that struck me was just it was a city which was just erupting with buildings. There was something like I don't know, fifty, sixty percent of all the building cranes in the world were actually in Shanghai at that time. I suspect they've all uprooted and moved to Dubai, which is doing a similar thing now. But as I said, I've been there three times, and every time I've gone, it's like a different city. It's like a transformation. Hence, using that word chameleon. You know, it's the same beast, but it's constantly different. The thing which is interesting on my second visit, the first being just how it was erupting everywhere, was I was really struck by the beauty of the buildings because one of the things that often happens when cities grow very fast, and and you know I've been to many cities that have grown incredibly fast, and they tend to just Throw up buildings, throw up things. Whereas in Shanghai, what really struck me the second time I went was just the beauty of the buildings. There's very stunning architecture, very attractive buildings, and particularly at night, they, the buildings are all lit up or have special effects on them, and it really is quite, quite magnificent. Part of the problem with all this change is, for a long time, basically in Shanghai, they bulldozed the history. They kind of just knocked everything down, you know, looking for progress and looking to build stuff. So a lot of historic stuff was really just bulldozed down, and lots of historic parts of the city were bulldozed down. They kind of cottoned on a couple of years ago, and things have really、uh, slowed down a bit. And what's interesting about Shanghai, and the reason that's so important about the, you know, them just bulldozing down stuff, is Shanghai is very interesting. And surprisingly, when you look at its history in the last hundred or so years, right back in the mid 1800s, about 83, part of the city was was became. Effectively, part of Britain, it became part of a concession, and then the U.S. also got a concession for part of the city. And so, for a long time, the United States and Britain kind of controlled areas, and then the French、um, also controlled another part of the city. So, actually, what happened is you had、um, a divided city because you had cities which were run by administration, by the French, by the Americans, by the British. They had their own courts, their own system, and their own. Their own kind of armed forces, and that was really the case pretty much until the Second World War. Now, in the late sort of 1920s, the army kind of captured Shanghai and and ran part of it, and then the Japanese invaded it, and they also effectively held part of the city for a while.、And、the reason they invaded was to try and stop the Chinese 
um, having an unofficial boycott of Japanese goods. So you can see it's really, really quite complicated. And then during the Second Sino-Japanese War, it was attacked um, and, and eventually the, the foreign zones were occupied, in fact, during the Second World War. And it wasn't until after the Second World War that the United States, the, Britain and France kind of renounced their claims. And so it became again part of China uh, in its entirety. And eventually, in 1949, it, 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 it fell under the communist forces. But um, during that whole time, um, it, it kind of prospered and right up until 1990 when it was declared a special development zone. So you can see there's this very rich and, and, and history going on. A lot of it was just kind of bulldozed. And many of those special parts of the city have gone, although the French sector is still pretty much there. And there's some amazing kind of Art Deco-y style bars and things that still exist in, in parts of the city. But largely it's kind of been flattened and developed. Now the thing that's interesting when you come into Shanghai is that it has two airports. Uh, Pudong, which is the, now the international airport, and Hongtuai, um, which is spelt H-O-N-G-Q-O-I-U. Hongtuai is apparently how it's pronounced. But the Pudong airport is relatively far out um, of the city. And it takes quite a while to get in. And the thing that strikes you as you drive into town is it feels a little bit sort of misty. And actually what you realize is it's, it's smoggy. The pollution is quite bad, really, in, in Shanghai. And I guess those of you who are up on the whole environmental thing will know that you know, China is going through massive, massive growth and massive industrial growth. And there's a lot of discussion about to what extent um, it should be controlling pollution, etc. But it's pretty smoggy. And the one thing that's really struck me about Shanghai, even though I've been there as I said a couple of times, I've never really seen crystal blue clear skies. And those people who suffer sort of a little bit from asthma or, or those kind of things sometimes find it, you know, particularly in the, in, in the very hot summers, it, they find it quite difficult to breathe, etc. The other thing that's a pity with Shanghai is um, friends of mine who went even earlier than I did said, you know, when they first went to Shanghai, there was lots of bicycles and stuff. Now it's basically there's a very sophisticated kind of road system. Um, and in fact, in the center of the city, it's, always, it's built up really quite high above the city. But of course, it has terrible, terrible traffic problems because it's just in spite of all the stuff they put in, the traffic is just, you know, humongous. And I can't remember the the, the facts, but, you know, the rate at which the car population, if you like, is growing. It's just it's unbelievable. The thing that's also interesting, though, about sort of driving around um, Shanghai, although many people kind of recommend that you get a driver rather than, than drive yourself um, for insurance and other reasons. But the thing that did amaze me is is how much English there was. So actually, you know, looking at the roads and stuff, most of the road signs had English on, and, and, and so that quite surprised me. In fact, even the billboards, many of the advertising and other billboards have English on. So actually, even as a foreigner speaking English, it's surprising how much you understand that's 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 really going on. So you know, English is, seems to be everywhere, and um, in Shanghai, particularly, I guess, in the tourist kind of areas, you know, English is pretty pretty well spoken. There are still the bikes and the scooters zooming around in special lanes, and particularly at, at sort of rush hour, you see that more when people are heading to work or heading home from work. One of the things you need to remember about China is still, though, in spite of all of this growth and, and energy and very modern city, it does, of course, still have fairly um, strict legislation as regards um, uh, attitudes towards the state, and there's quite a lot of censorship and, and all that kind of stuff. But you kind of forget it often when you're in Shanghai, just because it seems so modern and contemporary. And you forget that you know, there's still this fairly still strong um, government and fairly strong government restrictions. 
for example, um, and you see it on, on some levels, you know, the one child rule still exists in, in China where couples are only allowed to have one child. And that does lead to a, a whole different kind of mindset about life and, and stuff. And one of the ways it actually manifests itself, in my view, is service. Service in, in, in China is, is really not very good. And particularly when you consider other parts of Asia like Bangkok. And if you've listened to podcasts about places like um, Bangkok or even Hong Kong, which of course is now part of China, you know, incredible service attitude, incredibly helpful, incredibly friendly. It's not that people are unfriendly. It's just kind of that it's not very service orientated. And the view is actually it's getting better and better. But I saw it when I got on the flight. I flew Virgin Atlantic from, from London to directly into Shanghai. It's about an 11-hour flight. Of course, those coming from the U.S., it's much longer. It's 24 hours. But anyway, even getting on the flight, the crew was, was sort of 50-50 U.K. crew and Chinese crew. And the Chinese crew were fine. You know, they did a good job. But they were kind of much more offhand, much less service-orientated, which, which was kind of interesting, particularly for an airline like, like Virgin. But just generally, you find in the restaurants and the hotels, it's not that service is bad. It just doesn't have the same kind of philosophy on service. And some people's view is actually because people grow up feeling very pampered and very kind of special and, 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 and that kind of eventually cascades into it. The other thing which is interesting is I met quite a few Taiwanese people. I was there for business and there was quite a few people from Taiwan there. And they do talk about how difficult the relationship is between China and Taiwan. So you see that thing there where, for example, all the people from Taiwan had to fly by Hong Kong or other places to get to Shanghai for the meeting, etc., but you do get, as I said, this real sense of growth and energy and stuff. So you see the young people especially, are, are they dress very trendily and they're very um, eager and willing and excited and they have the latest mobile phones. You know, it's almost like a, a bit of a badge or mobile phone and they have just the most amazing mobile phones. Um, I thought I was quite of a, a techie kind of geeky kind of person when it came to technology and phones and stuff. But basically, you know, I just saw the most amazing mobile phones and People always seem to be chatting on mobile phones. And one of the things that's interesting, I guess, is because they kind of leap so quickly from um, a relatively conservative um, and perhaps not a great infrastructure into the kind of modern infrastructure, people have almost leaped whole generations of technology and just adopted kind of new technology. Um, the, the other thing which is, which is kind of interesting is that there is just the most amazing spread of restaurants and food and just amazing places, amazing shops. So in kind of different shopping areas, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, they are just the most upmarket, sophisticated uh, places to go shopping, you know, beautiful shopping centers with incredible stunning decor and really nice little cafes and just all of the big names and lots of very trendy, funky kind of people around there. So, um, it's just a very exciting place, and it's just quite quite amazing place to go. And I, I really really like Shanghai. It's a population of about seventeen million people. There's something like three hundred and fifty hotels, about sixty thousand hotel rooms. So it's really geared up for tourists and tourism. And there's an incredibly large amount of stuff to do. So what I'm going to do is uh, move in and talk about the tips for travellers if you're visiting Shanghai. So here are my tips for travellers visiting Shanghai. Probably the first, uh, first tip is getting into China. One of the things you need to make sure if you're visiting China is you do have to have a visa and you have to apply for it uh, a certain amount of time before and make sure that you've, if you're going to visit there a couple of times, you've either got a single or multiple entry, entry visa. It's very, very important to have a visa. Um, a colleague of mine just hadn't really thought about it and, and basically got, uh, when they arrived there, they were frog-marched across to the, the airline um, 
centre, forced to buy a new ticket and forced to leave straight away and it cost them a lot of money. They end up actually going to Hong Kong and sorting out a visa there and coming back. But you do have to have a visa. The other thing that's very important that's a hangover from SARS is make sure that you don't go when you're ill. So you, particularly if you have a fever or a cold, because what they do is when you come in, in fact, when you leave as well, you have to walk through this area where they, they have this kind of little, I guess some sort of infrared or heat sensing kind of camera thing and if you've got a fever or a cold then they won't let you in and you have to actually fill out a questionnaire before you, you go in on the plane so make sure that you you don't travel ill because you may find the same thing um but that's very important now as i mentioned earlier you know the chinese government is very very conservative so make sure when you're packing you really think about if there's anything that's likely to cause offense i mean obviously you've got to you know anywhere you're traveling you make sure you don't have anything illegal but this is just generally think about the kinds of of things that you have in your in, in your bags before you go. So that's the first tip. You know, think a little bit about going to China. We're so used to these days about just kind of getting on a plane and going places, um, and so few places seem to have visas now. Particularly if you're traveling on American um, or e European passports, particularly I guess American passports. Sometimes people become more and more restrictive for all sorts of reasons, which we won't delve into now. The second thing I would say is be careful where you stay. Now, by that I don't mean that. Um, Shanghai's dangerous. What I really mean is, if you're going to Shanghai for the first time, think about where you're going to stay. I would strongly recommend that you look to stay in the Bund area. Now, it's spelled B-U-N-D, but it's actually, um, what the Chinese people tell me is, is actually pronounced Bond, a bit like uh, James Bond. And the reason I say you stay there is, is um, you're there for pretty central. It's a very pretty part of town. It's within walking distance then of things like the Bund, which I'll talk about, and, and, and lots of places to go. Now, often you'll find there's lots of hotels and things out further out, like at Hong Chui, which is where the old airport is, because that's, I guess, when, when, when Shanghai has kind of been built up, a lot of places do. do they? But the problem is you, you're kind of far out. Um, it's quite far from the international airport. It's, it's a bit like staying in the suburbs. So try and stay somewhere central, um, and that's, that is very important. Now, particularly in the Bunt area, the Bunt area is, is, is great, and, and I'll talk about that in a little bit more, more detail about why I think that's so great. But let's just talk about sightseeing. Now, one of the things that you may want to really consider doing is, um, particularly if it's your first visit, is consider actually having a private tour rather than finding a way around. Because although there is transport and underground and stuff, you know, it could be a little bit confusing. And actually, you can do a private tour, which you can book through the concierge and it's going to cost you about 50 us dollars a day per person and, and only two of you might do it so only two of you may do it so for example colleagues of mine this time because i didn't do it because i'd been around those places before it cost them 100 us dollars and they went in an air-conditioned van it had a driver and a guide now obviously what you do is you do end up going to the pearl factories and all those kind of things where clearly um they you know it's their friends or relatives or they're getting kickbacks and they try and take you there to buy stuff but you know you're going to get that on most tours even organized tours do that kind of stuff but you 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 really do get an incredibly good and rich history um and it is a fairly complex history as i told you with the french and the british and all this kind of stuff and um it it, it it's really worth doing because they can also tailor it to yourself and in reality it's not that much more expensive at that price than that than kind of just you know doing it yourself uh, and traveling around or, or, or going on other tours so that's something to really think about having the private tour it really is is amazing because one of the things you'll find in china is there is lots and lots of people and everywhere seems to have lots of people working for them there seems to always be piles and piles of people so that's that tip now the next tip is about what to see specifically now 
One of the things that Shanghai is doing because it's um, really, really growing so fast and also because it's trying to attract tourists more and more is the Shanghai Municipal Tourist Administration Commission. I'll say that again. The Shanghai Municipal Tourism Administrative Commission have created a series of little um, Shanghai City Tour Guide series, which are fantastic. Now, you'll find these in all of the hotels, and they, they're basically what they do is they're themed. So, for example, I've got a couple in front of me now. You've got historical and contemporary scenic spots is one kind of grouping. You've got Shanghai, a paradise for shoppers, is another grouping. The Shanghai Science Publicity Tours, an amazing world of science and technology. You have the dazzling world of entertainments at night. You have tourist attractions new and exciting, so new stuff that's come along. You have the tour of Shanghai Old Movies, because it used to be a very rich place in terms of doing movies. And then you have some which are um, a little bit more, um, uh, what should I, how can I put this politely, slightly more politically spin, if you like, which is a tour of Shanghai Happy Farmer's Life, going back to nature, enjoying poetic pastoral delight, living in a farmer's house, having a farmer's meal, working as a farmer, enjoying a happy farmer's life. So that um, takes you through a, a very um, uh, rosy life of, of a farmer in, in China. It's, um, so basically what, what they've done is they, they've built these around what they call the Seven Wonders of the World, Seven Days in Shanghai. And they try and um, do these series of tours. So you could pretty kind of do one a day. So you could actually spend seven days on each of these. So they're really, really interesting. So that's one of the things to do is actually pick up these themed tours because they've also done them very carefully. So they're relatively easy to get to and from. But I'll just pick out a couple of places that I would really recommend um, that, that, that you do go, go and kind of visit, etc. Now, I had spoken a little bit earlier about the Bund, and the Bund is part of what falls under the historical and contemporary scenic spots. Now, the Bund itself um, is, is something that everyone in Shanghai knows, and it's basically on the riverside, and there's um, a river, and it, and it basically runs from the, now I'm going to get these names wrong, but the Waibadu Bridge to Jingling East Road. And on the east side of the Bund, um, which, which is where the Hangpa River sightseeing embankment it's called. And on the western side, what you get is, is all these western-style old buildings, and it's called the World Architectural Gallery. And it's just amazing buildings. They all kind of look in the sort of 20s, 30s. Very beautiful buildings, nicely scrubbed up, and just amazing pictures. And on the, on the photo galleries on the side, I've got some of those, those pictures. And at night, it's really worth looking at night because it's, they're all lit up with colourful lights, and it does look absolutely just amazing um very very vibrant and, and it's very exciting down there it's pretty safe down there there's there's all these nice boardwalks and things that you can walk along and in fact if you there's a lot of hawkers selling you fake bags and that sort of stuff and they will come along and the police will come along and move them on so you, you just feel really safe and on this river there's lots of commercial traffic going up and there's all the kind of tourist buses uh, tourist buses tourist boats um, all brightly lit up and and lots you know it's just very exciting and vibrant just lovely to walk along there on the Bund, you can see across to a couple of important landmarks which are worth doing, which is one of which is the Oriental Pearl Tower. Now, this this tower is, as I said, on the other side of the river from the the, the Bund buildings, and it's very tall. It's actually supposed to be the tallest um, TV tower. It's a TV tower um, in Asia, and it's the third highest in the world. and And what they do is there's there's um, eleven spheres which which in varying sizes which basically go go right right up to, to the top and it's and it's really it is quite amazing now you can go on an observation deck it's 260 meters high and you get amazing views of the city there's the inevitable revolving rest, revolving restaurant at the top 
um, and you know there's the usual you can kind of do all that sort of stuff and but you really get amazing views so if you go to the Bunt and you look across to some of all the modern buildings and things and then you go um, on the Oriental Pearl Tower now also what you can see on that side of the river is the now get this again um, uh, pronounced really badly is the Jin Mao Tower the Jin Mao Tower J-I-N-M-A-O newer tower t-a-o-e-r now the Jinma tower is is really probably what is one of the most symbolic and uh, of the of kind of modern shanghai it's humongously it's the tallest building in, in the whole of china and the third tallest building in in the world now again it's got an observation deck on the 88th floor and it's the highest point in china that you can do sightseeing um, and it can actually hold an unbelievable 1,000 visitors a time so it's 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 very big and there's, there's these very fast elevators which zoom you up there it takes about 45 seconds to go up there that's really 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 worth doing so you know in the Bunt area you've got the Bunt itself the Oriental Pearl Tower and the Jinma Tower now you can actually I mentioned a little bit about the cruise you can do um, a cruise they have these sort of like a dragon shaped kind of thing and you can go on that but that's that, that's sort of fine now there's a couple of new new museums um, which are worth doing. The Shanghai Museum is, is particularly worth doing, and it's located in the south of People's Square, and it really goes into China's art, and um, it, it's, an, it's an amazing new building. It's a round building, and um, uh, it just, it's just quite, quite staggering. And it's got six areas, 12 exhibition halls, bronzes, pottery, porcelain, sculpture, calligraphy, painting, seals, not seals as in... <laughs> um, animal seals, you know, stamp seals, um, jadeware, coins, furniture. It's, it really is just uh, incredible. And that's quite near the Bunt, um, Bunt area, but it's relatively easy to get through on, on, on the metro. And you can read more about that at shanghaimuseum.net. Um, so that's a whole bunch of kind of new contemporary stuff to doing. So that's kind of a, a, a one, one sort of bunch of, of, of tips. Now, if you're really into science, um, they have some of the specific science um, museums which you can go to. To be honest with you, they were not the most interesting ones, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but there is a whole bunch of stuff around the science thing, and they all tend to be grouped in, in the same part of town where they have um, stuff on meet meteorological stuff, astronomical stuff, seismic, a lot of stuff on, 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 on earthquakes and stuff. But they're a little bit, to be honest, a little bit dull, but if you're very science-orientated. Science now, what they also do is, because things are growing so fast, they have a couple of kind of new quirky things that you may want to go and do. So they've opened this this rather um, unusual sightseeing tunnel near the Bunt. And the Bunt sightseeing tunnel, it runs from the Bunt and, and runs to the Pearl Tower. So you can actually go from one side to the other underneath the rivers. It's a pretty, pretty big um, tunnel, really. And you, it, it, the interior of the wall's got all these bizarre colors of starfish and blossoms and and high-tech lighting and all sorts of bizarre, funny things. Um, and there's a very loud acoustic system, and it has all sorts of bizarre things going on. It, it, it sort of reminds me a little bit in Las Vegas. They have in, in Las Vegas, in the old part of Las Vegas, um, they built that sort of um, dome thing over the street. It reminds me a little bit of, a little bit of that. They also have, bizarrely, they have a, a, an indoor skiing resort, um, which is a little bit sort of out of town. It, it's a very large skiing resort, so if you want to do something bizarre like that. And there's a zoo, which is which is okay. Although it's interesting because um, a lot of people that we spoke to in Shanghai d didn't really recommend um, the, going to the zoo particularly, um, but they, they do have a zoo. So... Um, 
the other the other tool which I guess is more in terms of specialist is the Shanghai old movies. I think it would have to be a bit of a movie buff, but there's a very very interesting and quite detailed brochure about touring Shanghai in the movie. So it goes to all the old theaters and film studios, and it is it is relatively interesting. But you have to be a real kind of buff because you know it's it's basically there's not a lot to see at many of these places. It's more just um, the significance of them. Um, and 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 the various residences and and all that kind of that kind of stuff. Now in terms of stuff to do at night, um, I've already mentioned the the bunt. The bunt at night is just really quite quite amazing, um, and they have the the cruise at night. So if you're going to do a cruise on the river, doing it at night is really the thing to do because. Um, you, you know, everything's lit up in Shanghai, and as I mentioned, all the architecture is now lit up, and it's it's really quite funky and and really quite vibrant and stuff. So that's that's worth doing. Is 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 that that particular that particular cruise? Now, in terms of shopping, there is um, a couple of major kind of shopping areas. Um, there's the Jingjuahao, which is X U J I A H U I commercial area. And um, it's got um, the square at the center, and then there's just like piles of shopping centers, the Oriental, the Pacific Grand Gateway, the Hujin Department Store, etc., etc., etc. And that, that's, that's quite an interesting place to go and visit. Probably the one which is the one that the tourists go to a lot is the Yu Yuan Garden Commercial City, and that's Yu. Y-U-A-N um, Garden. Now, this is the one that actually the locals told us were, were really worth visiting um, and, and recommended. And um, it's it really kind of seen as in the commercial and tourist area. It's got the garden itself, and it's got all this sort of Jingjiang period and, 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 and um, architecture and bazaars and little uh, areas to eat. And um, there's also the, the famous old city uh, god temple there and, and like a little nunnery thing there which is under state protection, and an old mosque and stuff. So it's quite an interesting part to go. And again, at night, it's very kind of vibrant and bright, etc. at night. And the other place to go is, is um, uh, which is called, I guess it's called Route 66. And it's really, um, it's a little bit out um, on the way to um, Hong Tuai. And it's really where the very upmarket, um, very upmarket um, stores on. It's near the western. And out there is where you have this, you know, some very modern, new, exciting places, um, shopping centres, um, and and all the sort of designer shops there. And, and Estee Lauder, for example, has a whole big store and spa stuff there. So that's a whole bunch of stuff. I've kind of bundled all of the sightseeing in, in in one thing. And what I've done also on on the on the link in the show notes is what TripAdvisor um, themselves recommend as being kind of the, the places to, to go. They list as usual. They would list this then all 10 places to go. And they talk about the Bund. They talk about the Yu Yang Garden. They talk about the Shanghai Museum, which I spoke about, the, the Oriental Tower, um, the, the Tourist Tower, which I spoke about, Nanjing Road, um, and, and that kind of stuff. They talk about pretty much the same kind of um, the same kind of areas. The last tip and the final tip is, is, is um, sort of the area to stay, the hotels. I would recommend that uh, most of the major the chains are here, and it really is worth um, initially staying at a chain that you know for your first visit, um, uh, just because the prices are relatively reasonable. It's something that you know, and once you get to know Shanghai a little bit better, you can probably be a little bit, a little bit more adventurous. So that's a, that's what I've got on Shanghai. It's a very exciting city. It's constantly changing, and it's just partly the whole thing is just being there and kind of soaking it all up and just enjoying it. You've been listening to Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast with Gary Bembridge. 
To find out more, visit the Tips for Travellers website at tipsfortravellers.com. That's all one word, and spelt the UK way with two L's. That's tipsfortravellers.com or mytravelreviews.com. There you'll find contact details, links, and much, much more. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, search on iTunes or Yahoo Podcasts for Tips for Travellers.